Hey, what's up? It's Neville Medora here. And today we are talking about local business and SEO. And my guest host for today is Dan McDermott. Dan, welcome. Thanks, Neville. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. So I got you over here because uh, you actually have quite a bit of experience with physical businesses, uh, beer festivals, restaurants. You were the owner of a couple of restaurants in the past, right? That's right. So um, we are going to talk about local business and SEO because right now the world is opening up. There's a lot of businesses coming back online. And I've personally helped a lot of physical businesses and Dan has also. So we're gonna talk about some of the top things that we see local businesses uh, do. Now, here's the thing I like about local businesses. The marketing for them is so damn easy compared to an internet business. Uh, with an internet business, you need a lot of technology. You need to like build an audience, all sorts of crazy stuff. With a physical company, it's oftentimes a lot more easier. And I'm gonna give you right off the bat the seven top things that you need to do. So here's it, here it is, then we'll explain each one. So number one, keep an updated listing on Google reviews, Yelp, and maybe Facebook. Number two, add recent photos. Number three, add a good description. Number four, actively ask customers for reviews. Number five, respond to those reviews. Number six, actively ask for email signups and social follows. And number seven, keep in touch just by adding social posts. Um, that's it, that's that's the whole playbook right there. And I think that will just go back and forth and discuss it. And, and, and here's an interesting thing I've noticed. I've talked to a lot of restaurateurs and stuff, and they had this really harsh relationship with Yelp. Um, Dan, have you seen this, like just restaurant owners, like they hate Yelp and Google reviews? It is insane. People people really hate them. And there, there's a reason for it. I think we'll get into it why. But uh, it's it's one of those things that I think is overhyped. And uh, maybe maybe it's worth a second look if you're a restaurant owner and uh, you have a strong opinion on it. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because like I know that it's kind of like the really complainy Karen's way of like getting back at a restaurant. They're just like, oh, you didn't have a child seat that was big enough for my 14-year-old child. Like some ridiculous complaint and they leave a one-star <laughs> review, right? So restaurateurs usually hate Yelp. But I, I would say that if you do have a local business, you should reframe your thinking into loving Yelp and loving Google reviews and loving Facebook. And the reason is if you love it and approach it with a loving and helpful uh, point of view, you'll actually probably get better reviews overall, and then it will massively help your business. So I think it's really important that you should do a couple of these things if you are a local uh, business. So um, let's, let's, let's get into each one. So number one is keep an updated listing on Google reviews, Yelp, and even Facebook. So Dan, why is this important to keep an updated listing? So there's a couple of reasons. Number one is just that having an updated listing shows that you're present, shows that you're around, shows that you're active, and it makes the person who is searching around a bunch of different, let's say, restaurants to go visit, it makes you look like you have a real thing happening versus a dead business. Uh, so that's number one. Especially uh, during one the pandemic, you just be like, yeah, open open this summer, 2021. Just say that in there, you know? Exactly. It's the worst thing in the world to show up at a place, be ready on your night out or something, and then you go out there and then you, you're met with a, with a closed sign. It's the most frustrating thing I could possibly imagine. But um, on, on the Yelp thing for a second, it, it is manipulative because what they do is they basically make they make people pay in order to be able to respond to negative reviews. So mm -hmm. that is a lot of restaurant owners feel like it's oh you're being manipulated because you're being forced into a, a paid uh, you know a paid Extortion, subscription yeah. or something. Which you know I get it is, but at the same time, if you do it, if you if you play by the rules, you just play the game you actually get a ton of traffic your way. You get a ton of sort of authority stuff that you're able to do, the ability to advertise. So yes, manipulative, yes, worth doing. And also in general, just it's another way to keep updated with fresh pictures and fresh uh, whatnot, you know, yeah, on, your, so on your list. 
one of the things like I always tell people, they're just like, well, they make you pay 30 bucks a month. And I'm like, are you kidding? 30 bucks a month? How many customers does Yelp send you? And they're like, oh, probably like 10 a day. I'm like, you idiot, pay 300 a month. It, it doesn't matter. Like, it's kind of like what Warren Buffett says about stocks. It doesn't matter the stock price. If it's gonna 50X, it's gonna 50X, right? Whether it's $1 or $5,000, if it 50Xs, you 50X your money. So similar, I always tell them like, reframe your thought process about some of these. I know it seems like a little extortion-y, but also you can use it to massively boost your business. So um, something you just touched on right here, Dan, was uh, you said, uh, and this is our step number two, which is add recent photos. Uh, yep. Photos are pretty important on these sites, I believe, right? Have you seen that? It, it is one of the, the most important things in any physical business. My background is, is restaurants and food and drink, and it's extra important in those industries. But even if you're a roofer or a plumber or whoever, mm, if, you show, yes. if you show your building, if you show that you have like a nice little office, if you show that you have a nice showroom, it makes it more human, more approachable. And it's something where it, it, it's there's no mystery anymore. There's no And my God, before and afters, please, before and afters. If you're a roofer, <laughs> show the roof before and after. If you're a fencer, show the fence before and after. You're a pool guy, pool before and after amazing before and afters for that kind of stuff. It's literally a chance to show off your work. I don't know why people don't do this more. I don't think they think about it. I don't think a lot of business owners, and I think this is a bigger problem that a lot of business owners, the reason they start an offline business, let me guess, they're not really good at tech, right? Because if you're really good at tech, you'd probably start a techie type of business. So they start an offline business thinking that, and it's the old school way of just like, oh, you know, in a high traffic area, people stop by. But dude, everyone searches on their mobile phones now, right? And Google is very good. Like if you type in like tire repair, you don't have to type in tire repair Albuquerque. Like it knows that you're in Albuquerque, New Mexico or something, right? It automatically knows. And if you're not playing their game and keeping their review listings up, they're not gonna show you because Google doesn't wanna show crappy results. They don't wanna show crappy listings that like Joe's tire repair shop and there's no photos, no description, no hours, no nothing, no phone number. They're just not going to show that description. You just lost out, buddy. So I think it's very, very good to keep uh, active photos. And uh, that brings number three, a good description. So do people read the description on these? Uh, they absolutely do. Having a description is like a, it's like having a, I don't know, a dating profile where they don't, there's, there's no info, there's no nothing. And it's, it's, it's kind of weird. If you, if you don't put your information about your business, you're not leading with your best foot. You're, uh, you're basically letting the the customer make up whatever their imagination can can have, you know, for you. Whereas if you have a good description up, it's a chance to basically position yourself as one of the best people in the market. It's a chance to outcompete other people, and it's a chance to introduce yourself the way that you want to be introduced. Oh, and tell people events like maybe you have like a fifty percent off ice cream Sundays on Tuesdays. Well, guess mm -hmm. what? In your description, you can write that. Maybe exactly. you do like like a little industry night or something at a bar you own. Well, you can write that. Those are things that you have the opportunity to kind of promote events and stuff in your description. And also, just remember, every time you update your description, Google says, "Oh, they're active. They're active. They're active." Yelp, Facebook—they all know that you're active because you keep updating your descriptions and photos. Okay, now number four and. You know, honestly, we probably should have just made this the number one thing overall <laughs> because <laughs> so I think you should actively ask your happy customers for reviews, the almighty review. I mean, man, is the, is the review just probably the most important part of this all? I genuinely think so, because I don't know about you, but when I search for something and it, it pops up a Google Maps of where everything is, and then it's got the sidebar on the left of all the different businesses that match my description, one's going to have like four reviews and the other's going to have 463. 
guess which one I'm going to choose? 463 all day, baby. Yep. All day, all day. So I think that's absolutely something that people overthink also because there's all kinds of rules around how you're not supposed to promote stuff or ask for reviews artificially or something. Look, if you got a business and somebody comes in and they're happy, just ask them to go, you know, uh, drop a review for you on, on Google or whatever, because it is the most important marketing step that a local business can do, in my opinion. And, and yes, uh, totally agree. And this is why I said actively ask your happy customers for reviews, right? right okay. Exactly. So you don't ask every customer and hit them up because it, it, <laughs> I, I get it. It is a bit annoying. You know, I go buy a, su a, a sub from a shop and they're like, leave us a review. And I'm like, oh, dude, uh, come on, man. Like, I was just buying a sub. But instead, what happens if, if you have regular customers, what you could do is like talk to them about it and be like, yeah, like, I mean, one of the, uh, would you, would you mind doing something for us? Leave a review. It's like number one of the number one things we survive and thrive on. And every time you leave one, we're, we're really happy. We love responding to you on there. Like it means a lot to us. And it's just like a very small non-committal thing that someone can do for you. That's, that makes them feel good. It makes you feel good. And honestly, it brings you in so much more business. Like you're right. Four reviews versus 400, same type of thing. Like one sub shop has four reviews. One has 400 five-star, five-star all day, right? So actively respond, ask your happy customers for reviews. Um, this brings us to number five, which is respond to reviews. So there's a lot of reasons why I tell people to respond to reviews. Number one, it tells the platform and the customer that you're active. Right. So every single time someone says, Hey man, I love the subs at your shop. You will be like, Hey, Hey Dan, I really appreciate that. We love having you as a customer. Can't wait to see you here again. That's it. That's all you got to do. You just got to respond. And if someone has a bad review, right. And usually they're probably like a little bit of a crazy person or something, you can also respond. And, and look, here's man, here's one thing I've learned. I think you should, it's sometimes cool to see like some really snarky response or something like that, but I think it starts making an adversarial relationship with you and the customers. So I would say drink a little caffeine, be in a happy mood and then respond and say like, how can we make this better? Because Dan, have you seen people turn bad reviews into good ones before? I, I will literally tell you how we did that several times. That the Ooh, tell, that me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we basically, we would get, uh, you know, mostly positive reviews, mostly very positive reviews. We had one service one time that went bad and we got, we got hit with negative reviews from every single person at that table. And it Ooh. suddenly, you know, and each negative review can drop your, your revenue by something I was reading this uh, industry average of something like $13,000. And it was, it was kind of crazy to watch the effect that it had on our, on our, our Facebook community. So what we did was we just started reaching out to uh, everyone and basically saying like, look, it, we apologize for what happened. You are in the right. We were in the wrong. Uh, we offered to comp them on everything and we offered to bring them back in. We basically, we asked them for a second chance in public, if that makes sense. Ooh. That, that, and, uh, you know, we're, we're real human beings. They're real human beings. We're being honest about everything. People respond to that kind of honesty and transparency. So most of those people did come back in and I think every single one actually turned what was a one-star review on Facebook to a five-star review. And that energy was incredible to see the shift that it made for us with the rest of the our wider community. Uh, they went out and started talking to people about like, hey, these guys, <laughs> they gave us a terrible service the first time, but hey, they were just <laughs> starting out. They, they, they became allies on our side and a couple of them became regular customers because they were from the, from the area and they would bring in new people all the time. So it's a crazy way to start a relationship, but as long as you, you take control of it and respond to it, it's also an opportunity to actually do something really good. 
Wow, that's a that's actually a damn good story. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's so easy for someone to just leave a little one star review, and I think a lot of times people honestly don't know the impact. Like they're yeah. just not like, oh, I read this study that it's going to lose them thirteen thousand dollars. They may have just, you know, maybe the, you did ruin their night. You know, you yep, you, you sure. messed up. Okay, ninety nine point nine percent of interactions are good. Point one were bad, so you messed up and you you turned it around. That's that's amazing. Um, I've seen this happen so many times where you could just, uh, I remember uh, on my Amazon book one time, someone left like a one-star review saying it, it was a really short book. And I was like, hey, just letting you know, like th that's cool that you left me a one-star review, but I, I actively tell you in the description of the book that this is a super short book, that's 48 pages long. Like it's not, it's not long. He's like, yeah, sorry, I don't know what I was thinking. And then he changed it to a five-star review. And I was like, that's it? That's, that's how easy that was? Like, I, I just responded to the guy real quick, that's it? <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible. So number five, respond to reviews because it shows the platforms and the customers that you are active. And then it also turns bad reviews into good ones. Uh, so let's get into uh, number six. And man, this this gets a little bit harder, but it's uh, it's super important and, and we'll go into why. So it's actively ask for email signups and social follows. And I say both of those now, it used to just be email signups was my only advice before, but now it's social follows because honestly, I've seen so many restaurants thrive by just having like a Twitter or sorry, sorry, more like an Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook page, those types of things. Those networks are now species wide software, right? And so it is important to have some of those. So um, actively asking for email signups and social, what's your thoughts on that, Dan? So I think one of the most underused channels of marketing for offline businesses, and again, I'm sort of defaulting to restaurants, but this is true pretty much across the board for any offline business, I think, is that they don't make use of the communication channels while the person is not present. So that means email mm. marketing and then social media marketing. So by asking for people to sign up, uh, whether it's you know emails and or uh, an Instagram follow or Twitter or whatever your platform is, you're giving yourself the opportunity to communicate with people uh, while they're not there. And it's, you know, if someone like I live in Colorado Springs and I've got dozens and dozens of restaurants and food trucks and breweries that I can choose to go to pretty much every night. It's not my fault if I don't always think of the, that one guy, you know, who's, who's down yeah. there, you know, so, it, it, but by giving that person my email address, that restaurant can, can email me a deal or a, you know, or some sort of reason to come down that night. And I can, I can, you know, it's, it's a nice friendly way to be like, Hey, by the way, if you're interested, if you're going to be down here, uh, we're doing this special, or we've got a, you know, we got this, uh, live music that's going on, uh, come on down. And that by itself is a huge, uh, you know, marketing tool that people just don't use. It's, it, it's funny to see like, uh, how, how underused this is for so many different types of small businesses offline. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is it's not very hard to like post on social and then just use those social posts to send out as an email blast every once in a while, just to remind yep. people stuff. So there's a, there's a music venue nearby me and every week they just send out their schedule. That's it. Exactly. And, and yeah. I check it. I look, I don't spend a lot of time on the email, but it's just like, Oh, Antones, uh, we got, we got these people playing. I'm like, eh, no, no big deal. But then next week they're like, Oh, they got Dave Matthews band playing. I'm like, Ooh, Oh, Whoa. Interesting. Uh, that's pretty cool. So I'll, 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 I'll go to a concert based on just a random email they send me. And maybe only like one out of 20 I, I read. That's fine. And then also with your social posts, I've seen a lot of places they'll have like a Facebook page, um, like a vet's office. And then like the for the last post they put was 2017. So I'm like, well, clearly this place is closed. They haven't been active, right? All you have to do is post random pictures of your storefront or your employees or a dog coming in through the door or, or you know, just random pictures. It's not that hard. You don't have to have like the greatest social media 
strategy on the planet. All you have to do is just show that you're not dead. Okay. <laughs> so number six, actively ask for emails. Uh, it, it just, or that's going to be our number seven by just keeping uh, your social media alive. But let me tell you a quick story about this. There's a place uh, across the street from me called Takero Mucho. It's really Instagrammable taco shop. It's all pink and like cute and like just all these Instagram and TikTok people go there and, and they've just done a really good job with it. And get this. So Snowpocalypse happens in Texas, uh, 2021. Um, I have like seven people staying at my house. We're actually concerned about like food levels because like everything in this state, in the city are completely shut down. I walk across the street. We're walking to like snow gear and stuff, which is hilarious for Texas. And then um, we see... Takara Mucho is bumping. There's people, there's like the whole restaurant's full and we walk in and they're like, oh, you want a table? And we're like, sure. <laughs> like we can get food here. And they're like, oh yeah, we got drinks full service. And we're just like, what is going on? Because like nothing is open. Grocery stores, police departments are all closed. And they were full. And and I asked the guy, I was like, uh, sorry, we asked the table next to us. There's these, there these girls there. And we're like, how did you know to come here? Because like we live across the street and like I just walked over here. And they're like, oh, we saw their Instagram. They posted that they're open. Yep. And we asked some other people, we're like, did you hear about this from the Instagram post? And we're shocked. Everyone around us heard it from the one Instagram post. That's it. They just said, we're open during snowpocalypse. Come on in. That's it. And they had a full restaurant during a time that there's a pandemic going on and a snowpocalypse. Like, unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's that's crazy. And, and it's it's something I we have a, a bar here, sort of my local bar um, that I go to all the time or I, I went to all the time pre-pandemic. And they thrived during this whole period, June 2020. The reason is they had an audience pre-built that they had been working on for the previous year. Mm. And then by the time everything hit and all the, you know, the craziness started happening, they had, you know, thousands and thousands of people that they actively speak to every every day on social media, on Facebook specifically. That's where they're really good. And by posting their stuff regularly, when the stuff hit, <clears throat> um, they were basically ready to uh, to sell, and people would come down to them because they already it was part of their regular Facebook routine. Whereas the other bars that had like three or four followers and a random sort of dead page, when they tried to reactivate it. <laughs> during the pandemic they couldn't do anything with it nobody you know and a lot of uh, similar bars went totally out of business in the last year so i mean it, it's an incredible difference that just having a pre-existing uh audience on social media will, will make in, in the ability to bring people in through the door especially during you know disaster periods yeah, that's that's a that's a great point. Yeah, you want to preload this so when something does happen, exactly. or you do have a sale, or you have a hot product, and you want to amplify that. I mean, you just get the word out. Uh, like my uh, my building has like an Instagram, and it's got like three hundred followers, and they you know there's some intern that just randomly posts stuff, but it's kind of funny because like. I do see their stories on Instagram. I do see their posts. And it's like, look, they're not always the best thing in the world. They're like, oh, enter our Thanksgiving drawing or something like that. Or, or, or But here's the thing. During the pandemic, when there was all the mask laws and stuff like that, and then like, like things were going wrong and there, we needed critical news, what they would do is just post like, oh, or the gym is now open, you know, from limited mm -hmm. hours, please wear your mask or something like that. So it's like, okay, I just got a very valuable piece of information. It wasn't just like them putting out stupid posts. It was actually a very helpful type of thing. So uh, it sounds like number six is a very important. Ask for email signups and social. And then yes, email signups are just one of those things where like you know that you can get through your customers through their email. Whereas social, you know, depending on how the platform's doing, what they're doing, what they promote at the time, it's kind of like a little bit more iffy. Um, so number seven, we I guess we kind of already covered is like keep in touch by just adding social posts. 
And this is anything. Just add stuff so it doesn't look dead. Um, so this this is for all your listings. And here's the good part. So people are like, well, now I got to maintain a Google review listing, a Yelp listing, this freaking Facebook listing. Guess what? You can post the same photo on all of them, right? <laughs> it, so it's just like you post one photo, post on Google reviews, post on Yelp, maybe Facebook. And that way it just keeps the illusion that you're alive and doing well rather than that you're dead and not paying attention at all. So um, any other uh, random stories you have about a little local business and SEO and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I've got plenty, but one one that comes to mind is, uh, as we were talking about this stuff was a, uh, I used to work for a brewery that absolutely crushed their sales at festivals. And one of the things that they would do that would, you know, kind of do so well was to take along some physical printouts of signup sheets for uh, email addresses, for social media. They would do stuff like uh, pre-print some, uh, some little stickers and cards with all the social media, uh, you know, account info so that at the festival, they could hand the person something, you know, to, to go do or to go visit or to sign up for. And basically what that did was it gave us more interaction on the spot with the person that would then turn into more interaction while we were apart. And we would go off to some rural towns where they would never see us again for, for the next year. But because they knew us so well and because we were the only brewery that would keep in touch with them, these people would would absolutely love what we did and show up because of us, pre-order a whole bunch of stuff so that we would actually sell out before even arriving at the festival. Oh, wow. Whereas other other breweries would be in, in you know, <laughs> rough shape trying to like desperately claw people towards yeah. their booth and be like, oh, buy this thing. So in terms of physical sales, it, it, it did help in person. But I think there's a, a more important message there that in terms of behind the scenes stuff that you're doing for your audience for, you know, all this stuff helped with reviews, all this stuff helped with the the number of people we had on our various platforms. It helped with the type of reviews that we were getting. We were getting all five star stuff on uh, apps like uh, Untapped, which is, you know, the, the, the brewery uh, sort of rating system mm. and uh, things like that. So I think that having physical things ready to go in order to remind the people that you're there, like stickers, like, you know, it's a lot of kind of what people think of throwaway items, but it's marketing and it's a chance to get in the heads of people in a good way that they actually appreciate. That That's really interesting. Um, I have a interesting story about an automotive uh, chain that um, I helped a little bit and it, it was one of my buddies. And so he asked for some help with it. But one of the things that I was amazed by their first initial marketing push was so stupid and low tech. So they basically uh, service luxury cars uh, here in Austin area and they have a couple of different locations. And so they're just like, okay, well, we only work on BMW, Mercedes, Bentleys, you know, the nice cars, right? So they only work on those types of things. So they go, well, where are most of those cars? And it turns out the Whole Foods parking lot. So that was consistently the place where he just saw like nice cars for the most part. So what he did was he had some kids just put, um, put uh, what's it called? Little business cards. And he, they put business cards in the, uh, the windshields of a lot of these places. And surprisingly, that worked. I was just like, wow, I couldn't believe that, how well that worked. And then the other thing that I helped with is I designed three different Craigslist ads. Because believe it or not, Craigslist is still one of the top 100 sites on the entire planet. People are like discounted as if it's not. And, and now I would modify this strategy with also Facebook Marketplace, because that is also a very, very huge mm -hmm. marketplace, especially for autos and stuff like that. So what we did was we made three different types of ads on Craigslist. One that was very professional and very long, like a, basically it was a sales page, right? That's what we created. Then we made a medium length one where we cut down the sales page to a medium length. Then we made what I call like a short ghetto one. 
And and here's the crazy thing. The short ghetto one and the medium one worked well. The big sales page did not work well because on Craigslist, people kind of expect more personal stuff. Like the owner of Jim's, you know, auto shop is gonna be on there being like, hey, come to Jim's, we'll help you out. They, they like the shorter ghetto posts, which is great news because all they did was twice a week, they would post that, hey, if you have a BMW, Mercedes, blah, 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 come to our shop, we have great prices, we know exactly what we're doing, with. we only work on luxury cars. And it was just a really simple ad like that, and they had a secretary just re-add that post twice a week, that's it. And that was one of their major marketing channels. And they 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 knew it because they, they put a coupon code that you say like Craigslist, and like right. 20% of the people would say it. So they, so they had some basic form of tracking. And so, and then also just remember that someone might see that post like five times and not call you, but then think of you and then call you out of the blue mm-hmm. and you don't even know where they came from sometimes. So just remember that's posting on some of these social platforms probably has a lot more reach than you think. It's just kind of impossible to track all the time, right? Yeah, so I, so can, that, can that just, was, yeah, go for it, yeah. It's just one thing that reminds me of is uh, if you have trouble taking photos of your business or if you're worried about all this stuff or if you're you just kind of find yourself falling off one of the easiest things to do to give yourself a massive amount of content to put on all these platforms and to update your profile with and all this stuff is to get your users your customers to take photos for you basically Mm. and just tag you in their instagram you know posts and then you can use that photo for your google profile or your uh you know your, your your social media stuff you can just repurpose stuff that people are already doing for you and then sort of, and often a lot of times, you'd be surprised how great some people are just taking really simple photos of your of your building or of your restaurant oh or your whatever. That's what that, I mentioned that Takero Mucho place. That's what they're yeah. known for. They're like this, like I said, it's all these like Instagram and they, they come with like cameras and lights and stuff. And the place, it's it's really, <laughs> it's, it's so fascinating because one, they have pretty good food. It's basic tacos, okay? You order mm-hmm. tacos there. Like it's, 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 they just acquired a food truck and that's the food. It's nothing crazy, but they really Instagram the hell out of the place and they play cool music and stuff. And I always thought like it was kind of a gimmick, but man, it's been years and this place is still bumping all the time. And it looks really cute. All they did was just make the place look good. Like for example, uh, one of their top attractions is a phone booth, which I looked up, you could buy from Costco for like 400 bucks. And they put a bunch of rose, like fake pink roses on the inside. And so if you type in Takero Mucho on Instagram, let me guess, you're gonna find a feed full of, it's like a bunch of hot girls posting pictures (laughs) at this place, right? And so it, that's all they did. And like, I don't know what else they do besides this. And they they are like the most tagged business in like all of Austin. And it was just such very little marketing that they did. It's kind of wild. I don't think that could be replicated for everything, like a tire shop. You're not gonna get like, you know, a bunch of cute girls posting pictures at the tire shop. <laughs> but there could, there could be some funny feature that you put, which uh, I don't think it's necessary for most places, but it does work. The point is that it's a proven model. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I think that's mainly the thing. So let's uh, let's quickly reiterate the the seven things that you should do if you have a local business and want to get uh, a basic strategy to get people through the door, through a physical door. Uh, number one, keep an updated listing on Google reviews, Yelp, and maybe even Facebook. Number two, add recent photos and keep adding recent photos, couple of months. And number three, add a good description. Just make sure to fill it out. Uh, tell people about events in it. Number four, actively ask your happy customers for reviews, one of the most important things. Number five, respond to those reviews. And if someone leaves a negative review, try to get them to, uh, try to put your happy face on and get them to turn it around. Uh, number six, ask for email signups and social follows. And number seven, keep in touch by just adding social posts and sending out an email every once in a while. Just keep in touch, just follow up. And I think if you do those things, like that honestly, 
it, it seems not that hard, but the the bar for physical businesses promoting online is so low. You're laughing, right? Because you know. Uh, it's just like the, a lot of these physical people don't do any digital marketing whatsoever. And it's just so simple. So, exactly. Yeah. So cool. Uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for the expertise, Dan. That was really interesting. Some of those, uh, some of those analogies were amazing. Um, so there you go. Little, seven little quick tips for local and business SEO. Uh, my name is Neville Medora and this is uh, Dan McDermott joining us today. And by the way, if you ever want help with some of this kind of stuff, guess what? We are in the members.copywritingcourse.com all the time. Uh, there's a forum and then we do weekly office hours where you can talk directly to me and Dan, like directly to us and ask questions. And we'll help you. So we, if you need stuff uh, rewritten, if you need a plan for local SEO, if you need some help updating your listing description, anything, join the copywritingcourse.com and uh, we can help you out with that. So my name is Neville Medora. Dan, thanks for joining. Thanks, Neville. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.